Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes down there in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And we are now approaching another season of Lent. And so it's a good time to ask, how can I draw closer to God or how can I acquire a richer spiritual life? So I thought we could focus on the seven spiritual works of mercy as a good Lenten practice. Now, they're not commandments per se, but as we accomplish them, they draw us into a deeper relationship with God. And they're distinguished from the seven corporal works of mercy, which we'll mention later. But the first one is spiritual works of mercy, admonish the sinner. Now, it's difficult in our current culture to call out someone about their behavior, right? But but we do it with our children. I mean, we stop them and correct them when they're doing something wrong, and we warn them of the consequences of bad behavior. So what about this one, Frank? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing here is that to admonish the sinner does not mean to preach uh, right. at those who, who have lost their way. I mean, Jesus himself ate with sinners, not because he loved sin, but because he was trying to convert them. He, he saw in them the not their not best version of themselves. And he loved them too much to let them stay in their sinful condition. You know, so many times in today's society, people who are living in sin want to be affirmed in their sinful ways rather than repent and change. It's true, but we have to be clever. I mean, you know, we we have to be willing to offer what? Fraternal correction is the term, right? Mm -hmm. To family members, friends who are engaged in harmful or destructive practices. I mean, the example we've used before is let's say, someone cheating on their wife. Now, you're not going to go up to someone and say, hey, I don't think you should be doing that. But if God places someone or a situation in your life, and you're able to point out to a person uh, in a way that causes them to pause and listen, you may be able to prayerfully and with charity point out the error of their ways and their way back to getting right with God. So it's worthwhile to think about or be aware of opportunities that come along for that. Yeah, the key word there you use is charity. And St. Francis de Sales, who converted as many people as anybody, said that, you know, when you do do that, you must do it with kindness. You'll get more uh, converts or more people to see your way with kindness than with cleverness. Good you know, point. We're not, we're not meant to lecture. Uh, what it means to be, you know, is be a witness. That's what that's what Jesus wants us to do. Be a witness to him in our lives. It, it means understanding why we're Catholic and being able to help others understand why we believe what we believe as members of the faith. Because as you know, you know, I mean, you go, you, you've uh, spoken at CCD classes and stuff and kids. First of all, they don't go to church. And secondly, if you ask them to say to our father, they wouldn't they wouldn't know it. So we have a long way to go in that uh, area, but there's a there's a right way to do it. Well, the next one's related to that. Talk about that one. Instruct the ignorant. Yeah, I mean, you know, when 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 we when we instruct the ignorant, um, it, it's it's kind of it, it's kind of like the same thing, you know. I mean, 
It's teaching. It's te- it, this it, is more it, like teaching. It's teaching. Correct. It's teaching more than more than more than more than uh, cor- admonishing the sinner. Right? right. That there's a difference in the two. Yeah. I mean, ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It means unknowing. Right. right. So when the opportunities arise here again, we have to use knowledge that we have to help people understand the meaning of the gospel and the teaching of the church. And now this is needed more than ever. You know, when you, Frank, are asked to speak to a men's group or a youth group, you have the opportunity to show them and tell them who Jesus is and what you do as a Catholic man. And all of us have opportunities to share our awareness of our faith with others. So it's a good reminder that that's, that's for all of us. And the third one is similar. Again, it's related. Counsel the doubtful. And we know that, look, people, especially young people, young adults, have questions. They want to know the truth. They want answers. So find these people. Be aware of them and offer them the meaning of Christmas. For How about the poll that just came out? Do you regard Christmas as a religious holiday? 57% of the people said no. So we yeah. got a problem here. And how about the meaning of Easter? Show them the emptiness of atheism. So I think here again, it's a challenge, but it's a work of mercy. Yeah, it's very hard to defend or counsel somebody if we don't know the faith right. and what Catholicism teaches. I mean, right. we have a book called The Catechism. The percentage of Catholics who don't know that is like astounding. You wouldn't believe it. But it's right there if you have any doubts about even if a priest tells you something, you know, um, and, and you question it, you can you can go to that. It's great to right. go to mass, receive the sacraments and, and say the rosary once in a while. But it, it, there's more than that. You know, people today really are hungry for the truth. But how you counsel anyone if you don't how can you do that if you don't understand the basic tenets? You know, understanding why we go to mass, what it means, understanding what the church teaches about the issues that, you know, we face every day. And they have good reasons for why they believe what they believe. You know, write down the things you don't understand. Ask a question. You know, a priest or a Catholic person who knows the answers will be more than happy. And really, that's kind of the main reason why we started this podcast. Yeah. And I, I, we don't have to be the scholarly one to answer all questions. It's not like we're the authority on these things. But if we're able, once again, with patience and charity, to answer people's questions in a way that opens a path for the Holy Spirit to enter their hearts, then we are performing a spiritual work of mercy. So that's a good one. Now, the next one is comfort the afflicted or the sorrowful. So many people have lost loved ones or are closed off in nursing homes and have to suffer in silence. We have to remind ourselves to give them our time and bring them Holy Communion, include them in our prayers and visit them. Let them know that we're praying for them, right? Right. I mean, to me, this means most of all just being present because, you know, you don't have to say anything. Just listen. You know, some of the most awkward moments, people say dumb things out of nervousness or they feel as though they have to fill the silence if a person who is in mourning opens up to you, that's fine. But try not to give advice because, you know, you've never been, you may have never been in that situation before. And I think the older we get, you know, it just it just seems like the more the more funerals we go to and the more wakes we're at and the more chances for the, these kind of uh, things come up. But like I said, um, it, it is best, I think, it always is is good to be just be present for that person and let right. them talk. 
Right. We're offering comfort, not advice on this situation. Right. Um, all right. The next one is bear patiently those who wrong us. Now, this is tricky. There are so many people in our lives who are difficult to deal with. Right. And we I, we can ask God, I've done this before. Why is this person being placed in my life? It's almost like being in a state of suspended animation. In a sense. We bear with a difficult person with a conscious sense of forgiveness. We work with this person or they're in our, a family member can't get rid of them. So we, in a sense, have to say, well, thank you, Lord, for teaching me the virtue of patience through this person, right? Right. He wants us to be, Jesus wants us to be patient with the impatient. Yeah. He wants us to love them. God works slowly many times. And the person who wrongs you may be, you know, your means to heaven. Change comes on God's times, uh, not on ours. You're not wasting your time. We have to keep at it. Sometimes God's grace doesn't take effect in a soul until the moment of death. But I think the one one of the things that's so important is Jesus wants us to do these things in our everyday life. And like you said, it with the people we work with, with the people we love, with uh, the people we live with. Those are the people who are he wants us to be holy in our state of life. You know, uh, you, we can't be, no, not everybody can be a Padre Pio or a Mother Teresa, but in our state, it's important that we bear with these these um, these people who kind of are annoying to us or, or, or we're impatient with. Right. All right. The next one is forgive all offenses and injuries. Now, we, we've talked about forgiveness a lot, and it is so difficult for most of us, at least at some point. Let's face it, we can't resolve all conflicts uh, at work or at home, but we must forgive those who have hurt us. It's in the Lord's Prayer. Maybe instead of thinking of this as a requirement, we think of it really as a as a, an alive work of mercy, and it will help us in this notion of saying, I got to extend forgiveness to this person. Right. It's not, it's not, um, it, it's a command to forgive. Uh, it's not an option. And as hard as that is, we have to forgive all injuries. You know, God says vengeance is his, you know, forgiveness does not necessarily mean that you reconcile and become this person's best friend. It just means letting go. And in your heart, you know that you've forgiven that person and they know that. But like I said, it doesn't mean that you know, you have to sometimes you, you you can't be around that person or you can't be with that person to refuse to give uh, to refuse to forgive is to refuse God's mercy towards ourselves. And it's not worth losing your soul over that. I think S Sister Faustina said it the best. She said, we resemble Jesus most when we forgive. Ah, the sister of divine mercy, Faustina, yes. you got that in. And the seventh one, Frank, is uh, a spiritual work of mercy is pray for the living and the dead. It seems so simple. I mean, we do this at mass, but I would ask all of us, do, do you have a personal prayer list of those living and those who have died? I mean, if you start making your list with you know your own your wife and children, your own family member, and then all of those you're in contact with, your friends, and others who you haven't seen in a while, and then you start keeping a list of the loved ones and people in our parish who have died, there's always someone every week that we hear about. And then we're called on to offer prayers for those who have died and have no one else to pray for them. Yeah, I mean, to pray for the living and the dead is important to remember because 
no matter how old or infirm you may be, you can be of tremendous value to souls by offering up your sickness, suffering, or praying for these souls, both the living and the dead. Everyone can do this. You know, the reason I bring up the elderly is because in this society, when the old are, are not respected and they felt like they have no purpose or value, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, euthanasia and phys physician-assisted suicide are mortal sins. Life is precious at every age. And remember, you know, God is timeless. So we can pray for our grandfather who died 50 years ago. Years ago. And those prayers are beneficial to that soul because Christ, you know, knowing all knew that we would be doing that at some point. So don't ever uh, think that because a soul is gone that we, we can't pray for him. It may be more important to do that. Yeah. I always remember uh, the emphasis uh, back in Catholic school of doing corporal works of mercy. Remember, <clears throat> feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead, and so forth. And those are excellent and necessary works of a good Christian, but the spiritual works are no less important, and they will definitely strengthen our, our own prayer lives. And as we used to say at Mass, they are profitable towards salvation, so it's a good thing to think about. Oh, definitely. You'll save souls by practicing the spiritual works of mercy. But most of all, you may be saving your own soul. So let's get out there and try to practice and become more aware of these spiritual works of mercy. Amen, Frank. And good luck this Lenten season. Yes. Uh, folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot, and I'll see you next time, okay? Thanks. God bless, Steve. Yeah.